Grow With Me provides exercises and tips for living your best life now. This means loving yourself and allowing positive change to find you when you're having fun being who you are. Many of us spend our lives in the future, waiting for things to get better or striving to accomplish the next thing on our to-do list. But we feel most fulfilled when we make a conscious choice to love our life exactly as it is in this moment. I'm your host, Dina Martin. Five years ago, I reached a point in my life where I said, this isn't working for me anymore. This doesn't feel good. I wanted more time to relax and to play with my kids. I wanted to be a better mom. I wanted a more fulfilling job that took less of my time. I wanted a deeper connection with my husband. I wanted to feel healthier. I had only seen life one way, so I didn't even know what I was asking for or if it was even possible. But now I know that when I want something with my heart, my higher power responds. And it always knows better than my mind what's best for me. My heart is my connection with my higher power. It's where I find answers. But no matter what I'm asking for help with, the answer always starts with loving myself more. That means loving myself exactly as I am now. I thought everything outside of me was causing me to feel the way I did. But it was really how I felt about myself. I didn't need any of the things I asked for. When I'm loving myself, I realize my life is already pretty amazing as it is. And from that place, I let go of anything that's no longer in alignment with what my heart wants. A few months into my healing journey, I was given a glimpse into a completely different life. I was working at an advertising agency, and I got a call from one of my vendors asking if I'd like to join her and her team for a one-week fully paid trip to the south of France for Cannes Lions. Part of me was fall out of my chair excited, and the other part of me said, there's no way this is true. Well, it was true, and a month later, I was there. Two days before the trip, I was doing my morning ritual of meditation and journaling, and these words came to me about my trip. You are going to meet a man at the beach. You are to remember your husband and your family at home. I thought it was a strange message. I would never consider trying to meet another man, so I kind of let it go. Once in France, it didn't take me long to realize we weren't actually going to the festival. The town was packed, and while other people had busy days at the festival, I was touring the markets and the boutiques of Cannes and yachting to Saint-Tropez. And about halfway through the trip, I went with the girls that were there from Atlanta to a yacht party. As soon as I got there, I turned around and my friends were gone. I looked all over the boat for them and I couldn't find them and I had no way to communicate with them. This was back when I was still drinking alcohol, so I decided I would just grab a glass of wine at the bar and stay where I was until I see them. In line, there was a handsome man behind me and we started talking. I ended up talking to him for two hours at least and we really hit it off. I still hadn't found my friends. Um, but I realized this was my man at the beach and I remember staring up at the full moon over the shore and for the first time wondering why I had to be married, but I was. And so I left the party and and ended up finding my friends a little later on my group's yacht. The trip was over the top and unreal. On the last day, the yacht took us to Monaco, and I remember sitting on the top deck looking at the water and the coastline in front of me and crying. This is my life, I thought. 
I had never had anything like this, so I never knew I wanted it. But it was really more of a feeling than anything else. It was absolute freedom. I had no responsibilities. In my life at home, I overcommitted and overextended myself because that's what I thought I had to do. I realized the reason for the luxurious trip and meeting the man on the yacht wasn't for me to have an exotic life where I'm cruising the Mediterranean and getting swept off my feet by men in the moonlight. It was to decide to love myself and the life I have. The trip was a short escape and nothing outside of me is ever going to make me happy. Life is what happens in between those big moments. And when I find love and joy in the smaller moments, I love every bit of my life. In this way, the trip helped me dream bigger. I dreamed of things I wanted to happen in my life. And my dreams aren't to make me happy, but in the process of reaching for them, I love myself more. There's a quote that I like that you may have heard. If your dreams don't scare you, they are not big enough. I had a vision around the time of that trip of being on a stage speaking to a large audience. I didn't know who I was talking to or what I was speaking about, but I knew I was meant to be there one day. I put it on my vision board, which I made into a video. The image I used was a view of a motivational speaker, Gabby Bernstein, from behind. She's on stage with her arms in the air, there are bright lights on her, and there's a theater full of people. When I made the video, again, I didn't know what I wanted to talk about or to whom, but I started brainstorming different places I could speak. One idea I had was to speak at The Moth. I'd been listening to The Mod podcast for years, and I went to a couple of the events in Atlanta in the past. It's a storytelling event held around the world where there's a different topic each month at each event. If someone has a story to tell about the topic, they can put their name in a hat and 10 people's names are drawn throughout the night to each share a five-minute story. At the time, I got excited about going to share a story, but something in me told me this wasn't what I wanted to do. I set it aside and Four years later, this past fall, a story came to me to tell at the moth. It took a few years for me to figure out what I wanted to say, because what I would have talked about four years ago would be totally different from what I have to say now. Over this time, I was healing and becoming more of who I am, which meant finding my voice, the things I wanted to talk about. I ended up going to the event in September all by myself, which was an act of courage for me. There is no guarantee that my name would be called, so I also prepared myself that I didn't need to speak. I don't always know why my heart chooses what it wants to do. But my name was drawn seventh, and I took the stage. Standing in front of the audience, it reminded me of that picture for my vision board. I remembered it for the first time. The lights were blinding. I couldn't see anything. But the theater was packed with about 200 people, and there was a big camera in front of my face. It was exhilarating, and I was proud of myself for it. Something in me told me to go back the next month and do it again. I did, and this time I was called third to tell my story. I was even more comfortable, and I loved it. I skipped November, and then in December it came to me to speak again. So I prepared a story, but then I was called to jury duty and unsure if I could make it, so I didn't get a ticket in advance just in case. I ended up getting there early that night of the event, but it was already sold out. 
something in me knew this is what was supposed to happen. I wasn't meant to be there anymore. I was ready to move on from this stage. So I went home and I wrapped presents. I thought about how my story might have inspired people, but I trusted my heart that it wasn't for my greatest good to be there. Everything I do is equally important. And that night wrapping presents was where my heart wanted to be. Everything is connected in a way that my mind will never understand. But I always trust my heart. And I know when one door closes, there's always another one that's opening. I got a little excited knowing I have something else waiting for me around the corner. I said before that I previously overcommitted and I overextended myself. To feel the dream life like I experienced in France, I needed to heal the part of me that felt like I needed to do anything to be worthy. One thing that's been extremely liberating for me has been deciding nobody needs anything from me. I'm a mom and I have three kids that depend on me, but they don't need me. I take care of them because that's what my heart wants to do. I don't feel obligated or inconvenienced in any way. I cherish my time with my kids. There are other times when I'm feeling like I need a break to recharge. As long as the kids have everything they need and they're safe, I ask them to give me privacy so I can have some time alone. This is also me listening to my heart. I'm a better mom when I'm rested and I'm fully present, and it's healthy for the kids to learn to entertain themselves. When I think I need to help others or do anything to be worthy, that's when I start overextending myself. I did this for years as a wife and as a mother, and it created resentment. I thought, I did this and this and that for you, and what are you doing for me? When I give from my heart, I never need anything in return. I don't make pancakes every Saturday morning anymore. My kids learned how to make their own breakfast, and when I do make something, the kids are always happy to help clean up. To heal a part of me that feels like I'm not doing enough for others, then it helps me to put myself in other people's shoes. I ask myself if I would ever want someone to suffer or feel a setback as a result of helping me. I'd rather someone help me because they want to, not because they think they need to, and not because they need anything in return. They don't feel obligated, and they don't need to feel better about themselves, and they don't even need a thank you, and neither do I. I used to look around and see all the problems with the world and think it was my duty and responsibility to fix them. The same was true for people in my life. For example, if they were sick, I'd tell them what they needed to do to help feel better. When I let go of this idea that anyone needs anything from me or that I need to do anything else but love myself, I realize I'm the only one who needs me. And from that state of mind, I impact the world in the way my heart wants. And I don't try to help or push my ways on other people unless I feel in my heart like I'm guided to do so. It's also a judgment to decide whether something needs to be different. There's purpose and love in exactly the way everything is right now. I believe nothing is more helpful than showing up as love or the authentic version of myself. It's funny how I can look back over the last few years and see how one thing I did led to the next and to the next in a way that I could have never predicted. Once I started on this path, I wanted to soak up all the information I could about healing and self-actualization. I used to read a ton. I'd watch videos. I took a bunch of classes. And eventually it was time for me to let them go and carve my own path. I remember watching these videos from a YouTuber I really respected. And I thought, 
I really like what he's saying here and here, but I feel like it would be helpful to include these other ideas. So I actually reached out to him with my ideas. He responded and was really kind, but he didn't need anything from me. And that's when it hit me. I'm supposed to make these videos. And then I had all this fear running through me. One of my biggest fears was speaking to a camera. But I was brave and I pushed past my fear and wrote a few things I wanted to talk about. The first video was going to be about three minutes. I spent six weeks trying to make this three-minute video. I used to be really hard on myself, and through working on this video, I was also teaching myself to be patient and to love myself exactly as I am. I didn't need to make the video, and I didn't need it to be perfect. But I never got the video to a spot where I felt good about it, so I let it go. A month after that, it came to me to partner with some other healers to do an online workshop. So I reached out to a friend in the healing space, and she was excited and jumped on board. She said, let's do an Instagram Live to promote it. (laughs) And there it was again. I need to speak on camera. But after that, something clicked for me, and maybe it was the added pressure that caused it, but I felt better in front of the camera. So I started posting these short videos every day, and eventually I could speak on camera with no issue at all. I did that for two years. And then something told me it was time to move on. I didn't want to be on social media anymore. There's a quote I use for my online workshop. You are who you are when you're doing what you love. In my past, this was about finding inspiration when you're doing things you love. But now it has a meaning to me as I've evolved these last couple of years. It's changed a bit. It's about enjoying where you are now, no matter what you're doing. I am the one who decides she's exactly where she wants to be. I'm not waiting for things to get better. And with that mindset, I find inspiration in every step of my day. But there are times I don't feel amazing. I'm not always feeling like myself. And sometimes I have a hard time coming out of that feeling and remembering who I am. And those times it helps to love myself anyway and just start doing something I love to do. It might be walking in nature, going for a run or treating myself to a decaf latte. I let go of the idea that there's anything else I need to be doing but loving myself, and I'm fully present in the moment. And that's when I'm back on track. I'm me again. The shift usually happens almost instantly because of that act of love for myself. What do you want? Fulfilling a dream means you'll likely be pushed out of your comfort zone, like I was when making Instagram videos and telling personal stories on stage at The Moth. Each little step you take matters and helps you become more love, and that's what it's all about. Your homework for this episode has two parts. The first one is about realizing your dreams. There's something big you're meant to do this year. Do you know what dream I'm talking about? Write it down in present tense. For example, I go hiking in the Amazon rainforest. Once you've decided this, allow yourself to dream a little bigger. How can you make this dream more? It needs to scare you a little bit. For example, I start an Amazon tour company. Then write down the next big step you're going to take toward achieving this dream. For example, 
I schedule a trip to the Amazon rainforest. Do you see what happened there? When you aim higher, the things you want to do become steps that ladder up to something even bigger you want to accomplish. Follow through with your steps for both dreams. Write down dates for when you'll accomplish each step. Remember, achieving your dreams matters less than how you feel along the way. The second part of your homework is about moving from your heart and loving every bit of your life. You are who you are when you're doing what you love. Make a list of at least 10 simple pleasures you enjoy. These are the things you do just because you like doing them. I mentioned a few of mine earlier. Walking in nature, running, and drinking decaf lattes. Whenever you feel off or unmotivated, take some time to do one of the things on your list. Thank you for listening to this episode of Grow With Me. Be sure to follow the show to catch the latest episodes. If you have any feedback or questions about what was discussed, please email me at growwithdina at gmail.com. That's G-R-O-W-W-I-T-H. D-E-N-A at gmail.com.